hug us. If you see us in real life, we need hugs. No, I hate hugs. Uh, I mean, like virtually, but no, don't ever can, hug me you if know, you see me. Virtual, you can. Micah prefers an email. <laughs> okay, email, uh, email, Micah. You can hug yes. me, Nate. Where are you at on the hugs? Uh, I'm in between, undecided. Next episode, we'll reveal my stance on hugs. Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to episode number 44 of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my very good pals in real life and my bitter rivals in fantasy, and that is Micah Burge. ETL, huh? And Nathan McDonald. Go Braves, and we're halfway through the season, fellas. Halfway through the real season, and... Yes, the Braves have won the World Series, and the first time since I was one, these guys were like two. Uh, it was one and a half. We Georgia has won something significant, and it feels awesome. And the curse is broken. And watch out for Georgia sports. The but that's not why we're here today. We are here for Week Nine of the season of the NFL, and talk about all of our fantasy trials and there is a lot that has happened this week as far as off the field um, issues and things of that nature so we can dive right into that um well we'll dive into it a little bit later on with with some of these guys but you know as far as the injuries uh nate you gotta you got a list for us uh yeah this isn't going to uh, conclude everybody because, my God, there's a lot of them. But biggest one this week, obviously, is King Henry going out. Uh, he's got a Jones fracture in his foot, so he looks like he's going to be out six to ten weeks. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that a bit later, uh, waiver wire pickups and all that stuff. But Aaron Rodgers, uh, he'll be out with COVID this week. Uh, it's been quite the story. Uh, more on that later, perhaps. Uh, Corey Davis, he's doubtful with the hip injury tonight. So if you have him in your lineups, take him out. Uh, George Kittle, uh, Shanahan said he should be back this week, but it's not 100% certainty. So just keep an eye on that situation. Uh, Sterling Shepard, he's likely out several weeks with a hamstring injury. He kind of re-injured himself this last game. Uh, Kadarius Tony is a full go um, after getting his hand stepped on in week eight. So that's why he was in and out of the locker room, but he was bleeding from the hand. So, uh, yep, he'll, he'll be back this next week. And without Sterling Shepard, he should do well. Saquon Barkley tested positive for COVID. Uh, with the Giants having a bye this next week, I would be willing to bet they hold him out for one more week and just save him for a little bit longer. Um, James Robinson, questionable with a heel injury. And Darren Waller is back to full health. You can put him in your lineups. So that's the injury rundown. Absolutely. And uh, so – yeah, there are a lot of uh, non-injury situations, and we'll we'll touch on that in uh, in our dog discussions a little bit later as well. But uh, for now, let's dive into the waiver wire this week. And I think this is the first time in a couple of weeks where the waiver wire has been actually pretty uh, had some some gems on it, or at least some some spicy. I would be worth. Uh, I would be willing to you know spend up on if I did still have some cash left. Um, but, uh, yeah, why don't I pass it to you, Micah, and you go ahead and give us whoever is at the top of your list. 
I actually have a tie. I have Adrian Peterson and Jeremy Nichols tied, and you pick up whichever one do you think is going to be the top back in the backfield with Derrick Henry gone. I mean, Nichols has been there, so I feel like he knows the system well and he'll get more rushes at the beginning, but also AP's had some rest, and he was still very relevant last year. So he could end up being the lead back. So I think it's a coin flip. You go with your gut on whichever one you want, but whichever one of these two you think is going to be the top back, you go and take them off the waivers. Wait, so which one do you think is the top back? I think it's going to be Adrian Peterson. I think that Nichols is not very good, and he'll play this first week just because, like, he knows the playbook. But after that, I could see Adrian Peterson actually being um, a flex player. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I was able to do a little, and, and you know, uh, in a couple of leagues, in Sleeper and in uh, our NFL leagues, I was able to do a little sneaky sneak with AP this week because he wasn't assigned to a team yet. So, like, he had, you could, you could pick him up. I think I picked him uh, up on Monday before waivers ran. Oh, I noticed. That's some bullshit. <laughs> hey, I mean. <laughs> that's, that's a rule that yeah. needs to be changed. These yeah, are the rules. So I, I did actually pick him up before he was uh, he picked up by the Titans, but not before I saw the news that he was working out with the Titans. Or being looked at. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, I, I do think that Jeremy Nichols and PPR leagues might have um, some uh, a built-in floor that AP isn't going to have. So, you know, I could see AP having some really bad games, especially, you know, if the Titans just aren't able to get the rush game going. But, uh, I mean, yeah, he he rushed really well for, I mean, the Detroit Lions a season ago. And uh, before that, he was rushing very, very well for uh, Washington. So, uh, you know, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. And uh, I do agree that that should probably be your top waiver wire pickup. Um, However... If you need a quarterback, uh, this week you are in luck because one injury that I don't think Nate mentioned was Jameis Winston uh, Mm -hmm. being out for the season with a torn ACL. And um, Taysom Hill uh, is going to step right in, I think. And honestly, in fantasy, I think that Taysom Hill will be a weekly low-end you know, quarterback one, high end quarterback two, just because of his rushing floor. We've seen all these quarterbacks that aren't that great, don't have great options, and are still able to be fantasy productive. And I think he's going to be one of these guys, and he was last year. So, um, you know, I, I, I think he's definitely worth picking up and somebody to be. I mean, as far as he doesn't really help the other fantasy options on the Saints, but he is a better fantasy option, I think, than Jameis Winston was. So, so I think um, if you need a quarterback, he's definitely somebody worth picking up. Yeah, I think if he is better than Jameis in fantasy, it's going to be marginally because Jameis was kind of a low-end, mid-tier QB2 at times, and that's kind of the same range I see Taysom Hill in, but he could have games where he gets two rushing touchdowns and you know is a low-end QB1 for you. Um, yeah, uh, another quarterback worth looking at, and he's my, not my number one pickup, but Tyrod Taylor. Uh, he may mm-hmm. still be stashed in your league, but a lot of people might have dropped him. But he is back, and he has been announced as the starter this week. So he is going to be back. Um, so um, worth taking a look to see if he's available. But uh, Adrian Peterson is the number one for me just because, um, yeah, he's he's very – like stylistically, he's a very good fit for what the Titans do. And look, man, <laughs> he may be 36 years old. He may be stiffer than Ron Jeremy. But the man's going to get 15 plus touches a game. He's going to get goal line work and he's going to be good. Like every time people doubt Adrian Peterson, he proves them wrong. He's a very prideful man 
and he's going to do well on his return. He's fresh, and it's going to show. Um, so, yeah, he, he'd be my number one pickup. So, Well, who's the next one since Mike already gave him? Yeah, like I said, look for Tyrod Taylor. Um, Devontae Parker, I think, is uh, still available in a lot of leagues. And he's been sneakily really good this year. I won't say really good, but he's been a very good flex play. He's been very consistent. He got like eight catches this last game. Um, and he still has a lack of competition there because I think Waddle's back, but um, Fuller is still out. Um, there have been some other injuries that like uh, Gasecki and Waddle have also been banged up at times. So Parker's just been good. And uh, yeah, he seems to have a good connection with too. I think he's worth a pickup and uh, you can even play him this week. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I think he, it, it was really hard to decide who, was the number one wide receiver pickup for me, but it was definitely between him and another guy. Um, I'll let Micah go ahead and uh, give his next guy before uh, I give that guy, unless Micah gives that guy, and then I won't. Give the guy, give the guy. No, 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 I got a receiver. Um, he has unfortunately moved up my list because of unfortunate circumstances this week, but it's Hunter Renfro. I think now that, you know, there's one less receiver out there, and what the way like Derek Carr seemed like in his press conference after all the Henry Rugg stuff, he really seems like he wants to like get back to football and like get a distraction because everything's going on with Gruden now Ruggs. So I think that he's gonna end, and now he's pretty much gonna run the offense essentially. Um, because what else is the the Raiders gonna do? So I could see Hunter Renfro has already been like one of his top targets. So I could definitely see them incorporating like him more. Um, and I like him a lot as a pickup. So I do agree. Um, he is the one I'd rather have, but, uh, you know, he's a little bit more rostered than the guy uh, I'm going to give, and that's Brian Edwards. Um, you know, not to say that, uh, you know, Renfro is not, not available on some waiver wires, but um, yeah, you know, he already had that nice safe PPR floor. I think he was kind of like one of these Cole Beasley guys or, um, you know, that, that a lot of people were interested in having, but, uh, Brian Edwards has been frustrating because, um, he makes uh, all his catches and all of his work happen in the fourth quarter, at least so far this year, but with the departure of Henry Ruggs, because of an unfortunate DUI situation that we'll talk more about later, um, I think that Brian Edwards, you know, they were drafted in the same draft class, uh, you know, Henry Ruggs in the first round, but uh, Brian Edwards was drafted in the second round. And I was a big believer of him coming out of South Carolina. Um, the catches he has made this year. I mean, he's made some amazing, amazing, like contorted body uh, diving catches down the field. I mean, I think he has really does have the talent. I think now he's going to be forced to get a lot more targets. Um, I just traded a first round pick. Uh, in a Debbie league. So it's a little bit, it's more like a, a second uh, mid second round pick. Uh, if, if my team is as good as I th think it is um, yeah, for him. And uh, yeah, I, I'm a real believer in him, but even in redraft, I think he's definitely worth the shot and we'll see some increased uh, production. And he's had some, you know, 13, 15 point games as it is this year. So he already had some, some viability. And now I think it's going to be a lot more consistent. Good call. Yeah. Um, I don't think you should give up a first rounder, even a Debbie draft storm, but it may work out for you. He's still young. And yeah, if he becomes the guy, he's the guy for a long time. Live uh, your life, Josiah. Trade your picks. 
Yeah. Destroy your team. <laughs> uh, another wide receiver I think deserves missioning is uh, Tajay Sharp for the Falcons. And Micah, this is the guy I thought you were uh, drum rolling to mention, uh, talking about unfortunate circumstances leading to their you know prevalence. But yeah, he's uh, he's going to be a guy that we've seen already. He absorbs the targets when Calvin Ridley's out. He does it. He did it in the Jets game, and he did it this last week against the Panthers. And even in a not you know a very poor offensive showing, one of Matt Ryan's actually it was Matt Ryan's worst performance of the year. It was awful. Um, yeah, he still got over ten points. So I, I think he's going to be the receiver to have in Ridley's absence with Ridley taking a break um, due to mental health issues. And I would rather have him over Russell Gage. So uh, I think he's uh, worth a stash on a lot of rosters. Yeah, I still want to believe in Russell Gage, but it's been really rough for Russell Gage. I mean, yes, I know yes. a lot of it. You know, he was being worked uh, in back in from an injury last week. So I'm not, you know, hopefully the goose egg won't happen again. But if it does, he's, 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 uh, Big time, big time, get off yeah. the roster. But, uh, but anyways, yeah, I think that's a good call. Well, uh, do we have any other calls to make uh, before we move on? Uh, if you need a tight end, I would suggest picking picking up Pat Fryermuth. He's the second best rookie tight end, and he's a really good player in his own right. Just gets overshadowed by Pitts, but yeah, this guy is becoming a favorite target of Big Ben because Ben can't throw it past 15 20 yards so uh, he's, he's been a really uh, proficient red zone target as well <clears throat> excuse me so yeah pat fryermuth is uh he's worth looking at if you need tight end help yeah you're reading my mind because that's exactly what i had to pick up fryermuth yeah and the last last uh, thing i'll throw in here is uh just for a weekly start if you need a quarterback start maybe you had a quarterback injury or quarterback on by uh jordan love i do think he's gonna have a game against the kansas city chiefs and the Chiefs defense has been garbage. So, uh, you know, I don't know if he'll be a quarterback one per se, but I think in super flex leagues, he'll be very viable. And, uh, yeah, I think he has the upside to be a, a quarterback one this week, potentially. Uh, we'll see how good he is. Uh, but, you know, we've uh, we've seen uh, lesser names step in uh, last week and Mike White and, uh, you know. Mike White. Board. So, you know, it's definitely, definitely worth uh, – Worth the shot if you do need a quarterback start this week for Jordan Love. But all right, guys, let's move on to our dog discussions. Well, two weeks ago, we were on here talking about our uh, top uh, dynasty uh, running backs. And, you know, Henry was a guy in y'all's and he wasn't in mine. And my argument was it's going to happen eventually. He's going to get injured. (laughs) And here it is. It happened. Uh, but today is not an, uh, a discussion about dynasty. This is a discussion about redraft. And with the injury, um, you know, I, I, talk, I thought about it, and maybe the answer is different if you, if you answer it two different ways. But uh, the question I asked was, who are your top three redraft running backs after the Henry injury? But I was thinking going back to the start of the season and drafting, who would you want to have now? But I guess you could think about it now going forward but I think my answers might be a little bit different based on that, but uh, give whatever answer and then just kind of explain how you were thinking about it. Just cause uh, you know, I wasn't really clear on how we should, should break that down, but um, you know, I'll start out here. And uh, again, I was thinking about it and going back and, you know, drafting now 
I'm uh, drafting from week one now. And if I had the vision and didn't know to through week nine, who was going to get injured, who wasn't ever all of that. Um, I think my top three picks uh, would be Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott and Jonathan Taylor. Um, and those guys have been consistent every week. Uh, they've, um, you know, they've, I think at this point going forward, we can project them to be weekly stalwarts and they haven't had injury issues. Um, you know, Taylor did have a little bit of a rough patch, uh, at the beginning of the season, but the last four weeks he's been tearing it up. Eckler has been mostly consistent all year and as has Zeke, uh, save one down game for Zeke. So, uh, for me, these are the guys, uh, if I knew through through nine weeks, I mean, that uh, if you have one of these three guys, you probably have a lot of wins. Uh, so uh, th- those would be my top three, um, probably my top three overall picks, but uh, definitely my top three redraft running backs. Uh, Nathan, you gave me the thumbs down, so it seems you disagree. Let's Let's hear what you got to say. Yeah, I'll preface it real quick, because obviously this is a reshuffling due to Henry's injury and like, yeah, there's been a little, I won't say celebration, but people kind of saying like, ah, I told you, ah, it's the carry and the workload and all that kind of stuff. And I do think that's played a part because he's averaging like five more touches a game this year compared to last. Um, even over just 16 games, he was on pace for 474 touches. So they were going a little overboard, but it's a fracture in your foot and we're not jumping up and down that Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, literally like almost every other Saquon Barkley, almost every other top running backs had an injury as well. So it's not. Well, that was what I was saying two weeks ago. I was saying running backs in general, all of them are going to, you know, and, and. Yeah, I agree, but I'm just not, I'm saying like him, him having 397 total touches last year, I don't think is like directly responsible to it. Uh, I think it would have more to do with them increasing that workload this year, uh, if anything. But um, anyway, beside the point, uh, I kind of did my rankings just kind of rest of season going forward with the news that we have and with the performances we've seen so far, which it's very similar. Um, number one for me is honestly Najee Harris. Uh, a guy has an incredibly safe floor, especially in PPR leagues, and he has an insanely high upside. So especially on games, he scores touchdowns. He does fantastic. But even on the games he doesn't, he's still still getting you like 20 plus points. So um, Najee's been fantastic. Uh, him, he's kind of like my 1A. Uh, 1B would probably be uh, Jonathan Taylor. Them two are very close, but those are my top two. Uh, Taylor's been great. I wish Quentin Nelson had been, you know, healthy the whole season. He's still battling injuries a little bit, but um, Taylor's produced regardless, and he's getting worked in more in the passing game, which has really helped a lot. Uh, Three is like, there are a lot of guys in the same tier here. Um, I, I put down Zeke as my third guy here, but like Swift is definitely in that conversation um i almost wanted to put him because those would be the top three backs and the backs i have in our redraft league but uh zeke has an argument there and so does eckler um camara i don't have up there because he just lost Jameis, and we've seen him with Taysom before and he typically takes a big hit in fantasy with Taysom being there and they just got mark ingram to help with like the first and second down work so i think he's going to take a hit yeah, that's a great point. And to be honest, if I, you know, for me, if I was answering going forward, you know, I think McCaffrey and Cook 
if I'm projecting them, you know, hopefully to mm. be McCaffrey might be back this mm-hmm. week. So, so, uh, you know, I definitely, but you know, that's why I was kind of clarifying how you were thinking about it. Cause you know, obviously if we we're going back to week one, now we wouldn't want to draft uh, McCaffrey one Oh one, but if he's going to be back this week going forward, he definitely, in my opinion, still has to be in the top three, certainly. Yeah. I agree with that, but I'll um, put him ahead of Zeke for sure. For sure. But, um, but yeah, all right, Micah. Well, uh, yeah, well, you you answered the question again. Just kind of explain how you were thinking about it to help us inform why these guys are on your list. There's a little bit of a mixture of going forward and what they've done so far in the season. But the three guys I picked are, you know, three of the top five backs anyways. <laughs> so um, I just think what they've done already has been great. And I still think they're going to continue barring injury to um, produce the way they are. And um, number one is Jonathan Taylor. He won um, a lot of people leagues last year from his playoff run. It seems like they're starting to give him the ball more. Marlon Mack is a healthy scratch tonight. So I guess it's just going to be him and Naeem Hines out there. So there's one less guy getting touches in the backfield and probably going forward. They might just cut him, it looks like. Um, so I like Jonathan Taylor. Number two is Najee. So, <laughs> Nathan, you having him 1A, 1B. I would still have Jonathan Taylor like one and Najee two, but it's so close. Because, like you said, Big Ben's arm and shot. He's going to keep getting dump off. He's going to get so much usage. Like Regarding what you think of his talent, he's just getting the ball, and it's going to keep happening the rest of the season. Uh, number three is Swift. Swift's already had a great year. I don't see anything stopping. The The Lions aren't good. They're just not. And um, I think he's going to produce. I mean, he had like two games under. So what do you get, like seven points in two games, but the rest of them have been like around 23. So that's solid. I love that. If he can keep doing that going forward, maybe have some, like, 30-point games, um, I love it. Yeah. Micah, you did what I wanted to do, but just, like, didn't want to sound biased, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, I I do think, you know, Swift has been a little bit plagued with the injury despite – I mean, he's had a couple of off games, but even being questionable every week, he still had some monster games. Um. You know, I am interested. I mean, I don't know why Eckler isn't at least considered for you guys. I know y'all aren't big on him, but he's, you know, played every game. He's through his bye week. That's another thing that I took into consideration. You know, like Jonathan Taylor, despite him being on my list, he hasn't had his bye week yet where Zeke, Eckler, uh, you know, Najee has, to be fair. Um, but, but his you know, bye week is week 14, and you should have the playoff spot locked up. If you don't have a playoff spot locked up in the last week of the season – Hey, a lot lot of times you don't, and you need that. You need that might be the game. Well, when you have Jonathan Taylor every week before that, that probably helps you secure a playoff spot. Well, it didn't help your weeks one through three, but maybe after that. But, um, anyways, um, we 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 uh, spent enough time on that. Taylor had like a twenty point game week one, I think. Oh yeah, well he had it. You know he had a a span. He he had two games like that were ten points. Yeah. But, um, but you know, uh, but I know I, he was on my list. Look, I agree. He's, he's great. I just, I'm, I'm surprised Eckler wasn't at least in the consideration for y'all, but, um, another one that kind of is a dark horse for me that I, you know, could consider honestly at this point is Mixon. Joe Mixon is, is, has done really, really well. Uh, and a guy that I was really big on at the start of the season, but I don't know if he's quite top three material. Can I throw um, out one guy that we didn't mention? Yeah, sure. Maybe. Maybe Cordero Patterson with Ridley gone just keeps wow. getting so many touches <laughs> and he ends up as the top that's, three back by the end of the season. Oh man, that's crazy that you just can say that and not be not sound like an insane person. Um, Honestly, um, yeah, we also should mention Daryl Henderson. I mean, he's yeah, he's knocking on that door. He's mm-hmm. been very consistent and uh, had good upside as well. So, yep. 
Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to this next question. And we touched on it a little bit, but Mike White. So if you listened to us last week, we were talking, uh, I mean, all saying we know nothing about Mike White. There's no way he's going to have a good game. Bench all Jets, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Mike White went out and had the first 400-yard game for a quarterback in their first start. I mean, arguably the best start, the best first start ever for a quarterback. It's 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 quite incredible what he did, and he won the game and beat the Bengals. So, is this a fluke? Can you even fluke? Can you can you have a fluke that's that good, or was this performance legit? And what are the implications potentially on Zach Wilson, a guy that both of you guys had number two coming out of the the draft process? Um, are you worried at all? Do you think Mike White is threatening? So I guess it's two separate questions. So first, do you think Mike White is a legit quarterback and will have work in the NFL or ever put up a performance like this again? And then second, what are the implications on Zach Wilson? Uh, we'll start with you, Nate. Yeah, I mean, he played a good game, but also the Bengals were sleepwalking through this game and the Jets Mm -hmm. offensive coordinator finally decided to call plays from up in the booth. And I think that helped as well. But no, Mike White played a good game. I just wouldn't expect these kind of performances going forward. I mean, he also threw two picks, so it wasn't, you know, a blemishless effort. But uh, it was a very, very good start. I think he, you know, is a startable asset some weeks, but um, you know, the only effect I think this would have on Zach Wilson is like they're not going to rush him back from injury um, before, you know, starting him again. And, you know, it would probably be good for him to just like take a couple weeks off and, you know, refresh and reset his mind. But as far as long term effects, no, this this has none on Zach Wilson. Um, I think Mike White may, may make a good backup quarterback in the future, but that's it. All right, Micah. Yeah, so here's the thing that's happened with Zach Wilson this year. Their quarterback's coach died before the season, and then Michael Ford stayed on the sidelines, like you said, Nathan, the whole first half of the year so far. He just finally went into the booth where he could actually see things. And then on top of that, like, Robert Sally has told Zach Wilson, like, just go out there and throw it deep. Like, trust your arm. Like, you know, not caring about throwing picks and just playing his game. Like, he did at BYU which they shouldn't have had him doing. And they've had Mike White, you know, do check downs. If you watch that game, he had a ton of completions because he had a bunch of short passes to Michael Carter and whatnot. And that's how their, their offense ran. And like you said, the Bengals sleepwalking through the game. So I think when Zach, I think it's actually a good thing for Zach Wilson because Mike LaFleur knows what they need to do on offense now to where he can be in a more productive offense. Plus he'll be able to beat teams over the top. So I like things going once Zach Wilson gets back in the starting because he's going to, he's the number two pick. So I think it's actually a good thing for him. Yeah, I disagree. I mean, look, I don't think his job is lost, but the entire Jets stadium was chanting Mike White's name. That I mean, the Jets fandom hasn't experienced anything like this in years. Zach Wilson has never at this point has, has hasn't you know. I mean, he's won. He he had won one game uh, and and looked okay in it, but I mean uh, that what Mike White did was I think legitimate and. If, if he can do, go out and do this again tonight, uh, I think you got to be worried about Zach Wilson maybe sitting once he's healthy. And, and if, if uh, I mean, I'm not going to happen. Not Jesus. Permanent, listen, not permanently, 
but but the Jets are tired of losing. Uh, Robert Sala wants to win, and at this point, Mike White, I think, and I told, I said this is why Zach Wilson was much lower because he had never had any kind of legitimate competition. I knew that, that he wasn't ready for the NFL. But neither had Trey Lance in your okay, role. That's fair. Look, and, I, and his ass is still plastered on the bench. Okay, well, that's fair. I can be right about one thing and wrong about another, but what I'm saying is I knew Zach Wilson wasn't ready, uh, and and uh, I, I think that Mike White right now is a better NFL quarterback than Zach Wilson. So they're going to have to reckon with that and decide if they want to win games or if they're just going to you know have this be a, a building project this year. They might, you know, especially if Mike White doesn't win any more games, it, it'll make the, the decision easy. But, um, but I mean, if they continue to look as proficient as they did, especially without Corey Davis, that was the real surprising part. He did all of this mm-hmm. without the main option. Um, you know, I, I, it'll be really inter- interesting to see how they treat it. But I well, don't here's think- the thing. The, Col- the Colts know that they're going to dink you and dunk it down the field the entire way now. So now they, a team has gotten a couple of days to look at what they're going to do with this offense. So tonight is kind of a deal breaker for um, Mike White, I feel. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like, look, if he comes out and bust tonight, then nothing that I'm saying right now will hold any any mm-hmm. credence, certainly. Hey, but I'm what, starting them. But I'm, what I'm saying is the Jets, if if they get two wins in a row from Mike White, they haven't had two wins in a row in I don't know how long, probably three or four seasons. So they're 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 thirsty for for these wins. And and if Robert Sala thinks, hey, I can win the game right now today, but better with Mike White, I wouldn't be surprised or fault him for for starting Mike White. So um again i don't think for i mean obviously i do zach zach wilson's gonna be their their starting quarterback moving forward and i don't think that zach wilson is a bust or done or anything like that but what i do think is mike white put on an incredible performance one historic performance that's now hanging in the nfl hall of fame and uh you don't do that by accident so it'll be interesting to see what he does tonight yeah they're gonna get plastered tonight but we'll we'll see We all would have said the same thing against the Bengals. The Bengals is a good defense, too. I mean, they've shut down good good NFL teams. This isn't just some, you know, hands they're, up. They're in, like, the bottom 10 in passing yards per game allowed on defense. Like, they're not that great against the, the pass anyway. Uh, well, again, uh, in, in points allowed, they're, they're, they're in the top half. So, uh, you know. I, well, I'm talking about passing yardage, which is what his claim to fame is in that game. Right. Well, he he won the game. <laughs> he, that's what he put and up. So did Zach Wilson against the Titans. I mean, he put up thirty something points and won the game. Yeah, against the Titans with no receiver. That wasn't. That was like literally like a boring ass. It wasn't a. It wasn't hey, boring. Did you see the throws Wilson was making downfield? I know I'm you want to shit on the guy, but come on, yeah, man. All I'm saying is. If 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 he wins, I know if they you're win, bitter about Fields and Lance, but geez, I'm not bitter about either one. Lance put or, or Fields put up 30 points last last week, which I don't I don't know Zach Wilson will ever do, but we'll uh we'll we'll get back to it. Uh, number three, or is there anything else you guys want to want to say about Zach Wilson or Mike White? Zach Wilson's gonna be the goat. <laughs> all right we'll see all right uh we can leave it there all right uh, also justin fields had 26 points last week let's calm down uh well i have uh, the league i have him in is in a is a six point passing okay. distance. Uh-huh. um all right who will be the first player taken in the 2022 draft not not the first overall player taken sorry let me rephrase this who will be the first player taken at these three positions quarterback running back and wide receiver 
in the 2022 draft. So as you know, we are Debbie players as well. We gave a Debbie episode. If you care to go back and listen to it, probably somewhere in the upper twenties as far as episode numbers. But anyways, um, we gave our thoughts and opinions uh, back then. Uh, but you know, through through half a season of college football, um, who are you looking at most at each of these positions? And uh, you know, maybe if it was close between another guy. You can give the other guy, but, um, but yeah, let's, let's uh, start out with Micah and uh, we'll start with the quarterbacks and uh, who do you have, who do you think will be the first drafted quarterback? Ooh, quarterbacks, quarterbacks tough. Actually, like all these are tough. Like all of them, there was two guys that I really wanted to put at number one. Um, Mm -hmm. But for quarterback um, right now it's Malik Willis. Uh, He's got a great arm and good size. He's very fast. And he has good vision. And he reminds me of like Lamar Light. And I think that's where the league's heading. And I can see him going into a great situation. Well, I mean, when you, if you get picked, like, if he's the best quarterback, he's probably going number one overall. So he's probably not going to a great situation. But any situation can change and get better. So I think I, he's going to be the first quarterback off the board and the first dynasty quarterback. I think Thibodeau is going to be number one off the board. unless Well, quarterback, yeah. But sometimes, you know, Chase Young went number two. Yeah, well, I think it completely depends on what whoever's drafting number one, mm-hmm. what the need is, you know, because look, Jacksonville's doing terrible, but if they have the first pick, they aren't going to pick a quarterback, you know yeah. what I mean? Sure, so, they will. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I so the running back in this last draft and they had James Robinson. So, well, that's true. But, um, you know, I, my point is, you know, I, yeah, I, I get you. very well could go first. I agree, but I think it's going to be very dependent on who is picking first. But, um, yeah, so my number one quarterback um, and who I think will be drafted first is a guy that wasn't even on my radar at the beginning of the season, and uh, that's Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Um, he, he looks really good. He has a great arm. He's accurate. He has great leadership on the field, and he can scramble. Um, so, I mean, you know, he, he does make some, some – uh, interceptions he has a little bit more interceptions than you'd like to see um but uh outside of that i like everything i like out of uh, i see out of this guy and um like again he wasn't even on my radar i think i you know had five or six different quarterbacks and almost three or three or four of those guys are completely off the radar now uh spencer radley or anybody but yeah uh matt corral uh i think is gonna be the number one drafted quarterback and um yeah, I do think that Malik Willis would would be a close second for me at this point, but I just think Matt Corral again. Um, you know, I know I was big on Trey Lance as well, but even Trey Lance, I you know I understood he's going to have to sit for for you a while bet because that he would guitar- start Week One. Okay, and look, then, and then you no, said, and then you it. said he'll absolutely start after the bye hot. week. Then you changed it to he'll was, absolutely start after. The bye. He did. He, Not he after did the bye, he did. Start. The only reason he started well, he, is because Garoppolo was hurt. It's because Garoppolo yeah. was injured. But uh, okay, that's not my point. He got to start. <laughs> but what I'm saying is. My, you're uh, that's not even my point what i'm saying i knew he wasn't i mean i made i had a hot take episode where i gave a hot take that and all then five you had another episode start, where you said I he bet. would start after the buy this wasn't a one-time thing no okay but what I, okay and i still think he's gonna start in a couple of weeks because grapple is not good awesome game. but but he ran in two touchdowns he's he didn't have for awesome like 300 game. yards and but, two passing touchdowns <laughs> 
Yeah. It was an awesome game for Garoppolo. I'll give you that. But uh, I'd like to make my point, please, if you could not subtract uh, from it. Uh, oh, I guess I'm done with my <laughs> point. But uh, with 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 Malik Willis, I just don't think playing at Liberty is going to prepare him quite as well as Matt Corral is going to be prepared for the NFL. Uh, so that's kind of why I gave him the nod there was, was where I was going with that. Uh, Nate, who is your quarterback? Uh, well, I may disagree with you with a lot of quarterback-related things, but we'll agree here. Matt Corral is my current uh, quarterback to go number one. Um, I, honestly, it's going to be probably between him, Malik Willis, or Kenny Pickett, who's been yeah. really, really good this year, and another guy that came out of nowhere, um, even more so than Matt Corral. But, yeah, Corral's my number one guy. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't put – um. I wouldn't put Sam Howell outside of the realm of possibility. He hasn't been yeah, winning a lot of games. he's up there. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been winning a lot of games, but he has been putting up great tape. And to be fair, I think he had five offensive skill players drafted to the NFL last year. Um, so, you know, that might explain why he's unable to compete uh, and, and, and win some of these games because he just doesn't have the talent this year. But uh, if they do, you know, look into last year's tape, and again, he's still making good plays. Uh, but yeah, I think those are the four guys definitely that we should be looking at um, at this point. All right, number three. Who will be the? F- oh, that was already it. Number four. Which sticky situation? No, no, no. We got to uh, we got to do running backs and wide receivers. Oh, I'm tripping. All right, you're right. I knew we weren't done with it. All right, running backs. All right. Nate, who is your number one running back in the 2020 class right now? Yeah, let's get your thoughts together. Um, Yeah, for me, this is honestly – a lot of this is just going to come down to the combine and the pre-draft process. But uh, it's kind of a tie right now for me between Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall with Isaiah Spiller very close. So, um, yeah, it's – but I would say it's like a 1A, 1B situation situation with Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall because – Walker could very well win the Heisman this year. Michael, what about you? I love that you brought up Kenneth Walker because I think it's clear cut that he's number one, even though I think Brees Hall is Brees Hall is right there on his coattails, and so is Isaiah Spiller. But dude, Kenneth Walker has some insane vision. And I love what he's gonna he can actually catch. They just never fucking throw it to him. So dude, I, I like Kenneth Walker. He's not like super duper fast, but he reminds me of like a more refined James Robinson. He's definitely athletic enough, and what he did against Michigan was very impressive. It was bad. He was bad, man. Yeah, he definitely looks good. I'm surprised he's y'all's number one, though. He's my number Love three. Point. Um, you know, I think these other two guys, just from high school and through the, you know their first year, uh, they've been more productive and been a little bit more heralded. But uh, for me, it's Brees Hall. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think he's, I mean, don't get me wrong. Iowa state isn't a great football program whatsoever, but he is absolutely carrying and carrying them. He's had 300 yard, uh, or, I'm sorry. He's had three, 300 yard total yard, um, games this year. And, uh, he gets in the end zone multiple times. It seems like every single game. Uh, so I really think he's the most complete running back. And my number two would be Isaiah Spiller. I think Isaiah Spiller is. I was a little bit iffy on him coming into the year, but at this point I'm convinced he's going to be a good NFL running back. Not, you know, one of the best or anything necessarily, but, uh, you know, I, I, I do think he's, he's going to be, uh, 
he could he could get drafted above Brees. And and you guys are right as far as the the Heisman talk. Uh, definitely Kenneth Walker is the you know most likely to win that award because his team is doing well. But I don't know if that necessarily is going to mean he's going to be the first to get drafted. But uh, I mean, he's running better than Brees right now. Like, mm-hmm. but Brees is doing really good. Yeah, yeah. no, Bre- and he's Kenneth having Walker's, a great year. But Kenneth yeah. Walker's on their level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it and and I I would argue that I mean to be honest, I don't think any of us had Michigan State being as good of a team as they are this year, but you know definitely uh, Kenneth Walker has a lot more to work with on that team than Brees Hall does with with uh, a terrible quarterback and Brock Purdy and pretty much no receiver options to help him out on that offense. So hey, real quick on Brees Hall's stats, you said he had three three hundred plus yard games. Uh, yeah. Does that include like return yards or something? Uh, should it should include passing and rushing, but, but I mean, I'm looking at his passing and rushing now, and he doesn't have any game that comes anywhere close to that. Why would Brees Hall have passing yards? Yeah, um, I mean, rushing and receiving, but I, I mean, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah um, I'll, have to, I'll have to relook at that, but um, maybe, maybe it, I mean, he is a returner too, so maybe that that stat that I heard does include it. So yeah, maybe I, I should. Uh, Maybe we'll relook at that. But anyways, uh, who is your number? Oh, we already had uh, the all of running backs here. So yep. yes. let's move on to receivers. And who is your number one receiver at this point? Or I guess we're. I'm not asking who your number one receiver is, but who do you think the first to be drafted will be? Yeah, I would like that to be made clear because I haven't watched enough film on Haller Walker this year to be sure who my number one is. But um, yeah, I mean – Traylon Burks is my number one wide receiver. And there's a cluster of guys here that could uh, go, you know, all at the top and receiver. It's kind of unpredictable. I mean, Henry Ruggs went number one, one year and it's the number one lately has kind of been weird, but um, yeah, Traylon Burks is just a guy that's going to absolutely demolish the combine. And once people and coaches and staff are able to see his measurables, and see his athletic ability up close on a 6'3", 225-pound man with, like, the biggest hands I've ever heard of on a wide receiver. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be the number one taken. Yeah, I'll go ahead and jump in and say I agree with you there. Um, I think Garrett Wilson is is the – the only one that I think I was arguing between the two, but I just think the size of Traylon Burks is just, you know, something you can't can't train. And I do think that Wilson is the best route runner. So, you know, it, it's kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, you know, like the Jerry Judy versus, well, not, I guess it's not really comparable to Traylon Burks, but I was going to say CD lamb, like one was yeah. just a lot more physical and the other one was mm-hmm. a lot more polished and a route runner. So I kind of see it that way, but that being said, Traylon Burks is an absolute freak. And I would say is more of an freak athlete than, than even possibly cd lamb is so mm-hmm. no i think so for sure um another guy that deserves mentioning is i think drake london would be right there in this conversation if he mm-hmm. hadn't uh you know suffered a fractured ankle so he's had a yeah that's, year. that's exactly what i was gonna say because trail on birds is my number one but if drake london mm-hmm. didn't, get, didn't get hurt he could have been the number one receiver taken but i think the injury kind of knocks him out of contention mm-hmm. same with pickens mm-hmm. and and yeah, hey, looking back on it, I think what the stat was was two hundred yard games, not three hundred yard games. Uh, yeah, it's a two two hundred yard games. I think. Yeah, so thanks. Far. Thanks. So for impressive. So, yeah, I think think I just uh, misunderstood. I just that. yeah, I was just like, he's had a great year, but I, that's like incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not 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 quite as good as I advertised, but still very very good. 
still Brees Hall. But uh, yeah, so we all agree on Traylon Burks. I mean, uh, that's gonna that's definitely in Dynasty the number one that I'm targeting uh, for my team. But it'll be interesting to see what their landing spots are. Um, all right, our last dog debate here is um, we're gonna talk about. We had four really sticky situations, all in different ways. So we kind of talked a little bit about two of them. And Henry Ruggs, obviously, um, going 154 miles an hour, twice the legal limit, just terrible. Uh, the, the passenger was uh, – or the, the driver of the other car was killed. Um, he's going to be in a lot of legal trouble. And, uh, you know, me and Nate, I know, both owned him and – at least one or more dynasty leagues and just outright dropped him because he's, he's, he's in big trouble and deservedly so. So, um, and the Raiders dropped him. So yes, he's off, he's off the NFL team. So he's not going to be playing football through the legality. None of this. It's very clear. Um, You know, so very unfortunate, a 22 year old man that ruined not only his life, but uh, the, the life of other people and don't drink and drive. It's uh it's, not this is what happens uh, Not cool uh so another one we have is calvin ridley um calvin ridley we mentioned step away uh, he had some you know he didn't go to london for the jets game uh for some personal reasons we weren't ever clear on what those were but now it seems it was you know mental health issues that he's stepping away from the game of football for an unspecified amount of time as falcons fans we are all obviously very saddened by this, both from a humanity standpoint and from, you know, our football team is much worse without him on the field. Um, but, uh, you know, he needs to step away and get his head right. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., um, you know, there was a little bit of hype at him at the trade deadline. Nothing came through and really nothing came through anybody fantasy-wise for the trade deadline. And uh, Odell Beckham is now has not been practicing with the Browns. His dad released a video showing all the times Baker Mayfield has missed him. Uh, not a good situation. And uh, Kevin Stefanski has apparently told his team to be prepared to be without him for the rest of the season. And uh, lastly, Michael Thomas, who a lot of people drafted, just waiting for him to come back week nine, week 10. And he just declared he's going to be out for the rest of the season. I guess he had a setback with the ankle. Possibly he just doesn't want to play for the Saints anymore. Um, it's unclear what that is, but uh, I'm going to let you guys uh, dive into that and give your thoughts and maybe just rank them in terms of their, uh, you know, fantasy impact and how, how big a deal you think it is. And, and, you know, maybe the, obviously with rugs, we know the length of time, but for the other guys, you know, what you expect um, when you expect them to maybe be back on the field. So uh, Mike, I'll pass it to you first. Yeah. So rugs is never playing again. Um, I know a lot of people use first round, like late first, early seconds on him last year. And this year he wasn't drafted particularly high. So from a um, fan uh, redraft and dynasty aspect, like he's not like a huge loss. He is, you know, it's a hit, but he was more of an up and coming player, not established one yet, but he was getting there. Um, Cal really is crazy because a lot of people thought he could be wide receiver one. And I had him up there with, you know, the CDs and Justin Jefferson's and DKs of the world coming into the season. And um, I think he just needs to take some time away and come back because you don't want to, if you're in a bad headspace, you're probably not going to play very well. So I'd rather him get everything together and then come back um, whenever he feels ready. So if he comes back later this year and, ha- and help you in the playoffs, it's great if he needs to take the rest of the season off and come back strong next year, let him do it. But he, his is kind of up in the air the most right now. 
Um, Odell, I think they're eventually going to cut him, and he's going to go sign somewhere else and play. I don't. I think his tenure in Cleveland is done. So I think his situation can only get better from here. And he's still getting open, and he's running well. He's just not getting the ball for whatever reason. So uh, I'm not super concerned. This could be the best thing for Odell. Michael Thomas is the biggest fucking clown in the entire NFL. This man swindled so much money from New Orleans. He literally didn't play over half the season last year. Then he was bad, and then he didn't even play in the playoffs for anybody. And then this year, he's going to miss the entire season. People, I remember our startup in 2020 when someone took a number six overall. Like, he was the first receiver. Everyone, he was, like, the by far wide receiver one in Dynasty. And he's just given you two terrible years and probably hurt a ton of teams. And he's going to be 29 next year. So, yeah, I think it's Michael Thomas' situation. Like, can you – just a player losing that much value that fast is insane to me. So, it sounds like you rank – as far as fantasy goes, you think Michael Thomas is the biggest – biggest deal. I think so and I agree definitely dynasty teams I mean redraft or dynasty but I mean this year in redraft he was probably drafting like the seventh or eighth round you know but um yeah he was a first round pick last just last year and he has just been a complete bust um so definitely agree with you there um so as far as Odell Beckham you're not you're not dropping him and redraft I know mm. not dynasty but in redraft do you think this is going to be a smooth swift situation uh, you don't think he's going to, you know, you, you think they, a couple he'll be on another team? I think so. Okay. I think his time has come up and he's going to go somewhere. And I think sometimes the new situation is just better. And I think he's going to go somewhere to see. Because like I said, he's getting open. So I can't see why he won't. All right, Nate, what about you? What are your thoughts on all of these situations? Yeah, I mean, for me, I had already kind of knocked Michael Thomas in my rankings due to him no longer having Drew Brees anymore. I felt like that was inflating his production, especially in fantasy, for several years. Um, so, and uh, yeah, he hasn't been the same without him, and he delayed having surgery, and it's affected his ability to play this season. So I, I kind of, after all the reports of the Saints being really angry about, you know, him delaying his surgery and not being able to play I kind of felt like he just might not see the field this season so that one is the least shocking to me <laughs> um from a dynasty perspective I would say the Henry Ruggs thing is like probably the biggest long term just because he was having a pretty good season he was you know breaking out from his you know lackluster rookie season and yeah I mean it's just like there's no like Michael Thomas may go to a new team. He may have different production, better or worse, whatever. Like Henry Ruggs is probably never going to have production in the NFL again. So um, it's just done. It's, it's sad, but you know, what happened in real life is, is worse, but that's probably the most impactful from a dynasty perspective, from a redraft perspective, it's probably Calvin Ridley, just because we don't know, like he could be out the entire rest of the season. Um, it, you know, he could be out for one more game. You know, we have no idea, but he's a much bigger star at wide receiver and he hadn't been quite right this season. And now we kind of see why, but that's the biggest hit in redraft. It could be the biggest hit in dynasty if this goes into other years, but I don't foresee that happening. Um, and the Odell Beckham one, just like, who cares? Um, it's <laughs> like, dude, he was wide receiver 80 in points per game before this happened he's been averaging seven points per game so i mean if you were starting him you were making mistakes yeah yeah i mean i do think i don't 
it's not that he wasn't getting open to be fair. And I do think that maybe Odell can have some value on another team, but I, I think it's time with the Browns as a Browns fan just needs to be over. Uh, I traded him. I fought the narrative for a long time that, that the Browns were worse with him on the field, but at some point it's, it's statistically true. And I can't tell you why, but it it's, it's what happened. But I do agree. I'm very worried about the Calvin Ridley situation. I mean, to be honest, there's no, there's nothing stopping Calvin Ridley from deciding he doesn't ever want to play football again. You know, it's true. So. Cause it's not even like an ACL injury or something where you're like, okay, it sucks. It's a bad injury, but right. you know, nine months to a year and he'll be back. Mm. You could literally just hate playing the game now. I mean, yeah, we don't know what's, we don't know what's going on. So he can hate Matt Ryan. I do think if, if that, I mean, and from a redraft and dynasty perspective, that could be the biggest blow, but uh, you know, I do agree with Nate that, uh, you know, as far as right now, what we know, uh, rugs, you know, a lot of people, that, that's why, you know, maybe sometimes there's a lot of people that don't even that trade their first round picks and both in real life, both in the real life NFL and in fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, they trade all their first round picks to get assets they know are certain and locked in and you don't have to wait on the come up and wait to see if they're going to screw their life up or any of this mm-hmm. to be fair a player can screw up their life at any time but true um you know uh yeah. it's, it's like in our debbie dogs league i got adam Thielen for a, my first rounder in our startup um right that guy yeah. is really good especially for winning now so yeah 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 sometimes it makes it makes a lot of sense i mean you know it's fun to it's, it's definitely more fun to draft uh, rookies i i agree mm-hmm. but may not always be the wisest strategy but um yeah as right, a rams guys. fan draft night is so boring but <laughs> yeah. i can't argue with the results that they've put forth so far yeah they, they've yeah. killed it yeah but speaking of looking- which there were like god the trade deadline was so boring yeah, i was so disappointed that it's might be no the, drama. The most notable trade, obviously, being Von Miller going to the Rams for their second and third round pick this upcoming year. Yeah, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Jalen Ramsey, and, and Leonard, Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd is. Uh, uh, uh. But let's uh, go ahead and move on, guys. We're already way behind schedule. Um, so let's try to get through the start sit section a little bit faster than we normally do. Um, we had yeah. Tays- Taysom Hill, number one. Uh, for me on the waiver wire and super flex leagues, um, he's going against Atlanta this week. Are y'all ready to pick him up and start him right away? Or do you want to kind of see what happens? I mean, obviously he doesn't have the best options. Maybe y'all don't feel great about starting. Yeah, start him. Uh, sorry. What'd you say? Start him. All right. Nate says start. Dude, he's about a dad day Atlanta last year. He had 25 points in both games against us. And he just absolutely destroyed us. Sean Payton is going to roll him out and he's going to have a huge game. Yep. No, I'm glad you brought up the point about last year because Taysom Hill had his best games against Atlanta. So I don't oh, hate think it. there's any reason to think that won't happen this uh, this game. Um, all right. Well, what about Ben Roethlisberger versus Chicago? So obviously Big Ben has been struggling to get the ball down the field, but he's been winning games recently and he has been, you know, fantasy viable. Chicago is a pretty, pretty nice defense. And uh, this is a Monday night primetime game. So how do we feel about Big Ben? You start him as a low in QB2. He may do a little bit better than that, but especially with four teams on by this week, I think you can start him. Yeah, I think you got to start him. They haven't been having like a huge offensive game yet, so it might come this Monday. 
Yeah, I don't know if he's going to have huge offensive games anymore. I mean, Najee will, but I, I don't know that Ben Roethlisberger – He could throw, like, three touchdowns at Najee. And he's not going to have any huge games, but, I mean, like, last week he was QB 16 on the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And, you know, that was against the Browns, who were supposed to be a good defense. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I do think we can start him as a low-end uh, quarterback, too. Uh, well, what about Mac Jones at Carolina? Um, I know Mac Jones has been playing pretty well, um, but fantasy has been, you know, mediocre at best. And, uh, he also is playing a very, very good defense. We saw, uh, Stefan Gilmore with a game winning pick against Atlanta, uh, uh, this past weekend. So, uh, yeah, are we worried about the Panthers defense starting up Mac Jones? Yeah, dude, the Panthers defense is really fucking good. They're no joke. And now Stephon Gilmore is going to want a revenge game against New England and Bill. Oh, um, yeah. You sit, yeah, you got to sit Matt Jones, Matt Jones. Nate? Yeah, it's a cute storyline and all, but you got to start Matt Jones. Um, I mean, starting since week four, beginning in week four, he's been a QB two or better every week in 12-team formats. I mean, and he has the upside to be a QB one. He was QB eight overall in week seven, so – yeah, he's been con- he's consistently fantasy relevant. He's consistently in the top twenty four or twenty, and yeah, gotta start him. Um, yeah, week seven was bye week, hell week. Let's keep that in mind. Six teams on bye, but it doesn't change the amount of points he got. Well, it, it changes the competition yeah. for the, like the, the, the whatever the amount of points he scored probably wouldn't have been a quarterback one. That for, I mean, I don't know that for sure, but it, it would have been more difficult certainly. But you just try to look at any opportunity. Yeah, to put I mean, down I agree with that. That's, that was by week hell. He, so had, that he had almost twenty three points. Look, my point is, I don't think he's a quarterback one uh, most this weeks. Week. I don't. He think had he more points that week than Kyler Murray. Get that off was, with that. That was okay. one week. That's fine. But, but this week I'm, he's. Not gonna do it. Yeah, I look. I think I th- I would probably start him over Big Ben. I want to say, but only barely. Yeah, I was. But, I was over Big yeah, ben. I'm still. You know, I think you can definitely get away with sitting. But Micah, you just had Big Ben as a start, and you said to sit Mac Jones, but now you're saying you would start him over Big Ben. So I want to make sure you're paying hey, attention. No, you. <laughs> I really was. I was like, I wonder if anybody's yeah. paying attention. Flippy, flippy. All right, we need to move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, last but not least, Matt Ryan at New Orleans. So he had a little bit of a hot streak. He's now cooled off a lot. Um, so how do we feel about Matt Ryan at New Orleans? Sit him. He just we've been doing very bad against him. They always sack Matt Ryan. The O line's not looking good. Sit Matt Ryan this week. Not to mention Calvin Ridley, obviously not going to mm-hmm. be this week. Um, yeah, and it's in New Orleans. I don't like it. Well, Nate, what about you? Starting. Okay. Starting everybody on, on this list over here. But, yeah, I mean, he had a bad week last week. But, you know, so I did Kyler Murray and a lot of quarterbacks. But Yeah, but I mean, I think he had a bad week. But, I mean, I think a, a huge part of it is our one of our three offensive weapons are no longer on the field. So it's a lot easier. And our best one to be – I mean, our most – I mean, it was, it was the same cast in week five when he was QB 11 overall. Against the Jets, dude. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I understand, yeah, this, but he was. But the week before that, he was QB three, and Calvin Ridley hadn't exactly been shredded. But I've watched, I've watched enough Saints Falcons game over the last couple seasons to not start Matt Ryan. Yeah, but that's okay. It's a start for Nate. It's a sit for me and Micah. Um, yeah. All right, hopefully, hopefully you are saying him. he will not be a QB two. 
Do you mind on me? I mean, look, no, to be there's fair. There's four teams on by, so, I mean, there's only 20. That's what I'm saying. You have to take that into account. That's but, not necessarily, like, yeah, yeah. you can start him as a low-ranked quarterback, too. But He could like, be quarterback yeah. 21 and get, where, like, eight points. Where you can, norm, like, where he can finish and normally finish relative. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what this It's not the same is. as not, running backs. And it's receivers. not necessarily, will he be a top 24 quarterback? But, yeah. anyways. Uh, okay, okay. Miles um, Gaskin versus Houston. Uh, so yes. obviously, yeah, we've talked about how frustrating he's been, but this is Houston, right? So, yep, starting, starting. Start, start from all of us. All right, hopefully, he doesn't burn us because it seems like every week you think you can start him, he does good, and every week you bench him, he does bad. But we'll see. Uh, well, what about Boston Scott, uh, slash Kenny Gainwell, and I'll put slash Jordan Howard. Uh, versus Los, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Obviously, um, we were all relatively Kenny Gainwell fans, but uh, you know we had some some big language about Kenny Gainwell last week, and it was an uh, incredibly disappointing experience from Gainwell uh, without Sanders in there. But do we think any of the Eagles running backs are somebody we would start this week against the Chargers? I think you could start Boston Scott. I... I hate saying that, but I don't think you can start Kenny Gainwell, at least not comfortably. Uh, he has been known to get some touchdowns this year. But, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of came as a shock that he wasn't the mm-hmm. next backup because he has been all season behind Miles Sanders, and they just went away from him. And they, like, they completely changed up their offensive philosophy where they went heavily to the run. I mean, they had two of the top, like, 14 running backs in Jordan Howard and Boston Scott this mm-hmm. last week. They each got two rushing touchdowns. So, um, it's ridiculous. Jordan Howard, I don't feel comfortable enough starting, but Boston Scott, I would. Yeah, it was very disappointing. Uh, you know, Kenny Gainwell got 13 rushes, but also some context is that they were all in the fourth quarter when the game was well out of reach so very disappointing I don't know why that happened I mean he was getting work when Sanders was there I don't know why he wouldn't without Sanders I'm not ready to give up on Gainwell as far as you know keeping him on your roster in redraft but I'm not starting him and honestly Boston Scott I mean the Chargers they're not a great run defense to be fair uh, I wouldn't love starting Boston Scott I mean I do think he's an emergency start you could have picked him up this week or last week um and last week it would have been great for you, but I wouldn't expect that again. I'm I'm trying to stay away from this whole backfield if I can. Uh, Micah? Yeah, dude, Nick Sirianni is just the absolute worst. Fuck that guy. I feel like he's going to end up being the Eagles coach for a while just because he'll do whatever how he wants. Um, so uh, I don't like it. I don't like any part of this backfield at the moment until they start, like, really giving somebody the ball more because um, it's just ridiculous how much they split it up at the moment. So I don't want to start either of them. I mean, it's a risk either way. So I guess maybe if you want to take a shot on one of them, but I feel like it's just a roulette wheel at this point going forward. I am in agreement. All right. Uh, Well, what about Josh Jacobs at the New York Giants? So obviously he's had some injury issues, hasn't performed that well. Uh, The last They had a bye week last week, but the week before that, uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, had a good week despite mm-hmm. only having, I think, six carries as he didn't have yep. that much of a workload, but uh, he did have some touchdowns. So uh, are we worried about Josh Jacobs at the Giants this week? Starting. Yeah, do you start him? Yeah, yep. he just had a bye week to get right. I would start him. Yep, I'm in agreement there. And there's also the, the thing we've mentioned on this podcast before, but Josh Jacobs just – 
when the when the Raiders win, he's good. When the Raiders lose, he's not. And I do think they're going to beat the Giants this week. So start him. Uh, well, what about AJ Dillon versus Kansas City? Up until last week, this wouldn't have been a starter sit question, but he did have a very good week last week. And Kansas City, um, you know, I guess losing Aaron Rodgers, a little the blowout is a little bit less. They're not almost a blowout, but, you know, them having a lead at the end of the game is a little bit less likely. But uh, how do we feel about A.J. Dillon at Kansas City? Um, more than any of that affecting this, I think, is that Jordan Love is going to be starting quarterback this week, and I think they're going to rely heavily on the running game. So I think A.J. Dillon is a good uh, flex start this week. Who would y'all start, A.J. Dillon or Khalil Herbert against the Steelers? Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert. Okay, then I would say sit AJ Dillon <laughs> and start sitting him this yeah, week. Okay, yeah, I you know let's keep in mind the week before AJ Dillon had negative fantasy points, so I do think part yeah. of part of him getting getting worked in a little bit more than usual last game uh, was part well partly they were winning, but also because uh, um, you know they wanted to build up his confidence a little bit. Now I still think he's going to get work in this game, but I don't know if it'll be enough to be fantasy viable, so I'm probably going to sit him as well um although i would rather start him over boston scott or mm, not miles gaskin okay uh moving on to wide receivers Devonte smith uh versus the chargers i uh, had a really bad game last week despite the win uh you know probably jalen hurts best real life game becomes a fantasy not good game it's like he's in wacko world but uh how do we feel about Devonte smith this week I think you need to start him. He's they're going to be in a game where they're going to have to pass more to stay competitive and he's going to be their number one weapon. So got to do it. He has the volume. And like, he's gotten some plays called back. Like he had a touchdown, get the Panthers called back on a penalty and a couple other like big plays in other games. So that's kind of hurt him as well. His numbers should be better than what they are. So I say start him. Yeah, I, I would probably start him too. Although I, you know, the way I viewed him, I saw him as kind of a locked in wide receiver three um, for most of this season. I think I'm starting to back off from that a little bit. And maybe he is a guy that I would bench um, for, for maybe, you know, guys like I'm just throwing names out Cortland Sutton or, you know, just guys that I normally wouldn't have started over him, but I do think you can still get away with flexing him this week for sure. What about Marvin Jones versus Buffalo? So this is supposed to be the wide, or wide receiver one for Jacksonville, but it's just not happening the way it's supposed to, at least at the moment. And Buffalo is a very good defense. So how do we feel about Marvin Jones? Or I'll even say any, any Jags receiver. I think you could put him in flex, but uh, I, I don't think he's a super high end option. Urban Meyer is just the worst. Yeah, and James Robinson's banged up, so they might not run him a ton this week, even if he, he might not even play this week. So I feel like they might be throwing the ball, but that doesn't necessarily mean production. But I, I would say just start him because they could get down the bills early and just get play garbage time. Which means Urban is a, probably about to have uh, Ohio State glory day flashbacks with uh, Carlos Hyde. So yeah. he actually might be a sneaky good start this week. Mm-hmm. And just to be clear, there's not a – I know you guys are both big LaVisca guys, but you'd rather start Marvin Jones over LaVisca? There's not a – No, I would start LaVisca over Marvin. Oh, you would. Okay, okay. I would. I disagree. It's not a matter of talent. It's a matter of offensive coordinator slash head coach incompetence. 
<laughs> I, I I totally get you there. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, we could have honestly put Jamal Agnew on the wide receiver pickup uh, as well. He's been getting more targets than both of them. But anyways, uh, moving on, Chase Claypool versus Chicago, another guy that uh, I think Micah was it that was really big on him coming into the season, not performed as well. He has, mainly, he has underperformed a lot. Mainly because Big Ben sucks, uh, can't get downfield targets. But uh, do we feel like he, he might have a good game against Chicago this week? He's bound to have a good one at some point, right? <laughs> I thought I had him as my star of the week last week, and I thought it would be against the Browns. So maybe I was off by a week. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so I start him. All right. You're still starting him this week, not getting away. What about you, Nate? you could start him but it's risky um he did have a 10 you know over 10 points last week but just barely um you know several weeks back he had like a 20 plus point game so he has the upside but it's risky yeah um yeah i'm probably trying to stay away from him this week um anybody but deontay johnson on the steelers oh and Najee harris i'm i'm not you know not thrilled to start on a week-to-week basis uh all right what about jacoby myers at carolina the ppr god uh we kind of mentioned uh with mac jones that carolina has a really really good secondary do we think they'll lock him up him pretty much at this point being the number one passing uh option besides really hunter henry but that's more in the in the red zone he's done for this week what He's done for this week. You can't start him. He's going to have oh. Gilmore on him the entire game more than likely since he is their best receiver. Yeah, and Gilmore is a slot receiver, and I know Jacoby does run out of the slot a lot, so that's actually a, a good point. Uh, Nate, what what do you think? Yeah, probably sit him this week. I mean, honestly, Kendrick Bourne's been the guy outperforming him lately yeah. at that spot. So, um, you know, Myers has had a couple, you know, average games, but nine points each of the last two. So Panthers are a tough uh, defense to go against. Yeah, I'd probably sit them. All right, yeah, and it's a sit for me as well. So, all right, guys, let's move on to our buy low, sell high, and give you our weekly, guys. We are looking to trade away or trade for. So, uh, Nate, we'll start out with you and let us give you your buy low. Ooh, buy low. We'll let you give us your buy low. There we go. All right, <laughs> this is going to be – dynasty related so i'm gonna preface it with that calvin ridley man uh, it's a little bit risky but you could probably get him at a steep discount right now man i mean he there's gonna be some owners out there that are freaking out wondering you know thinking about the worst so i think calvin ridley is worth you know seeing if you can sneak in there get maybe for a second and a third or, you know, one first or something, because you could get a steal if you're a rebuilding team for next year. Yeah, I mean, it is risky. Like you said, I probably wouldn't pay too high a price just in case this is a, you know, ongoing chronic issue. But uh, but I do agree. I mean, yeah, he's, you know, he's been on our buy low section, I think, uh, from each of us maybe multiple times at this point. So we, we – uh, we, we all believe in the talent. We all believe in, in you know, his ability. And, and obviously right now it's probably the lowest point he'll ever have. So if he does come back, it's, it really is probably the best time to buy him. Uh, and maybe even in redraft, <laughs> unfortunately, I had just traded for him in our redraft league right before uh, this happened. So I bought low when, when uh, you know, we told you to last time and it, it bit me in the butt. But he could be <laughs> back in a couple weeks and still be usable for redraft. We'll have to see. Uh, my buy low is, and this is 
more so in redraft, but if you can get away with it in dynasty, certainly is Jerry Judy. Um, so, you know, a lot of people were waiting on Jerry Judy to come back from the injury. And then last week, I think he had a nine or 10 point game. It was okay, but nothing special. I think at this point, they're probably disappointed. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's a good time to go and swoop in. I do think he's going to be the number one target moving forward. And, you know, he was eased in a little bit last week, but I think he'll be on the field a lot more. Um, he uh, didn't have full full snap uh, percentage that he typically has last week. So I look for that to go up this week. And um, yeah, I think Jerry Judy is a guy you can get in going forward. Likely will be a, a, at least a wide receiver three, possibly a wide receiver two. So uh, you might be able to get him for a lot less than that. Cool. My buy low is Mr. Aaron Rodgers because you can get somebody who is a little scared after um, what's happening to him and not missing this next week for this upcoming game against the Chiefs. And so you can get somebody to pan and buy him, especially if they need a quarterback. Now's the time to strike. So Aaron Rodgers, my buy low. All right. Yeah, I do like that. I mean, honestly, you can get a probably top 10 receiver after he gets back. Now it's interesting. He's eligible to come back in 10 days. So that gets him coming back two days before uh, the game next week. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, I mean, obviously he has to test negative first, but yeah, that's a very interesting story with him saying he was immunized, but apparently it was some homeopathic antibody. I don't know. It's uh, very interesting. The, the Packers mm. might struggle for violating protocol, but I do. He was rubbing crystals on his nipples. It didn't work. <laughs> I do think he's a good buy low, though. Um, certainly. Uh, all right. Well, what about sell high? Who are we looking to get rid of? I'll pass Ooh. it back to you, Micah. Um, well, he's playing in the game tonight, but I think it's Carson Wentz. He's had some fancy relevant games, and if you could have gotten rid of him before this game tonight, or maybe he does well tonight against the Jets. Um, but he's my sell high after, especially after his good game this past week. Yeah. I, yep. I think that's a good one. I just traded him for Calvin Ridley. Is that, does that yep. count? <laughs> yep, it does. I, I think. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's, uh, and this could be redraft or dynasty, you can call it redraft, but uh, yeah, I, it's going to be Austin Eckler. That's why I didn't talk about him as much before. I still think he's going to finish as a RB1 this year, but I don't think he's going to be like top three in points per game like he has been. So, I think you could get maybe another RB1 plus uh, wide receiver or tight end, quarterback, whatever you need. So uh, I would shop Austin Eckler. Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly think in Dynasty that's a lot easier than it is in redraft. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think if you can get the right price, certainly you can still high on Austin Eckler. Uh, well, mine is a guy that's playing right now. The game just started, um, and it's Michael Carter Jr., uh, so don't get me wrong. I do think he's a very talented back. We all liked him pretty well coming out of uh, college, but especially in redraft, he just put up a 32 point game and that's not going to happen again. He's not going to put up another, another 32 point game. And to be honest, I think that Mike white, I mean, Zach Wilson was not checking the ball down. That was part of the issue. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that, Mike White is doing that and then some, uh, you know, both in the last half of the game when he came in for the injured uh, Zach Wilson and the game he started last week, he was peppering, peppering short area targets to uh, to Michael Carter. So I do think uh, once Zach Wilson does come back, 
if he comes back, uh, then uh, it'll <laughs> it'll you know kind of deflate a little bit and go back down mm-hmm. to. Uh, but I do think he has earned that job moving forward. So I mean, you know, if you're really really skimp, uh, low on on running back, you might be able to just get an outright better running back uh, for him. So um, so yeah, Michael Carter Jr. is my sell high. You're talking about in Dynasty, I definitely disagree, but I could see it in redraft. But I don't know. He's yeah, I mean, good. I think you can sell him in Dynasty. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I have him in a couple of Dynasty leagues, and it would take a pretty penny. But um, I don't expect him to. I, I, I think even at his best in that Jets offense, I don't think he's going to be, you know, putting up thirty-point games too often. I mean, uh, yeah, but, that's a lot. But I mean, he, I, I think he could be like what you wanted Clyde Edwards-Helaire to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could. I mean, well, what I want to Clyde Edwards later to be was a top five running back. So I don't think that's. Oh, the case, well, but... gee, when? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, my uh, God. You were wishing from the stars for the start. <laughs> but uh, I maybe what you thought Clyde Edwards later would be would, would be a more apt description. But yeah, no, I agree. Oh, I thought he was going to be would, a boss. I would rather keep him in Dynasty, but uh, but I would um, I would much rather sell him and, and redraft. I think it's the perfect time. Uh, well, all right, guys, uh, we're going to finish up with our starts of the week. And um, I'll go ahead and jump right into that. And uh, last week, I gave you the morsel, the yummy morsel, actually the terrible, disgusting morsel of Trevor Lawrence at Seattle. That did not work out. Uh, I mean, he was okay. He got a couple of touchdowns, but I mean, in real life, he was not a good quarterback and he didn't really have that great of a fantasy game either. So well, this is uh, a fantasy so, podcast. So yeah, sorry <laughs> about that. Sorry about that one. But uh, this week I am bringing you. All right, I'm going first. I'll do my first one. I knew one of you guys were probably going to have this guy. So I was going <laughs> to let you do it, but uh Taysom Hill at Atlanta uh I want to go ahead and lock that in because I think it's a surefire win uh I think you can go ahead and pick him right up and start him as I mean probably a top 15 quarterback but um you know uh, this is assuming he is still questionable he came back to a full practice today they haven't declared he's going to start so I guess there is there's a little bit of risk in this but I'm pretty confident he's going to get the start from from for the rest of the season especially because they didn't grab anybody at the deadline so Taysom Hill, start of the week. Yeah, I can uh, go next. So last week I told you to start Joe Burrow against the Jets. He had a 20-plus point game, so pretty solid there. This week I'm going to tell you to start Derek Carr. This guy is coming off a bye. They tend to do very well against adversity or with adversity. At least it seems that way so far this year. The game after Gruden left, uh, he had his best game of the season. So, uh, yeah, Derek Carr, I think, is going to have a good game. So go ahead and fire him up. Yeah, but Derek Carr was almost my buy low um, because, you know, I think some people might be thinking Ruggs leaving might might hurt his value. But, mm. uh, you know, he was really only passing to Ruggs three or four times a game. Now, t- to be fair, some of them were 60-yard touchdowns, so that certainly is good for fantasy. But uh, that's why – Brian Edwards is going to get him now. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Uh, who's your start of the week for quarterback, Micah? Yeah, so every week I come in and prepare with three names just in case you two both take mine and you two just did. <laughs> Those are literally the two that I had. So I will go with Trevor Lawrence that you were off by one week, Josiah. 
and Trevor Lawrence is going to do it against the Bills, mainly because they're going to get down by a lot and he'll be able to get garbage time points. Yeah, against the Bills, that is a little bit of a of a of a hot call, I think. But um, you know, I, I I do agree that maybe the game will be over by the third quarter, and uh, you know, and and to be honest, I'm sure he'll still score a touchdown or two. So so, uh, well, yeah, you know, we'll see. I I like it, and maybe maybe you're right. Maybe I was off by one week. So, uh, all right. Well, oh, 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 back, I, I'll bounce it. Back. I, wait, wait, wait. I had Kirk Cousins last week, and he only got 13 points. So sorry about that. Oh, yeah. I remembered I was starting at tight end and working up and I just started at quarterback, but so let's go ahead and go do tight end and then we'll do, we'll do running back and receiver after that. So, uh, all right, Micah, uh, bounce it back to you and let us give you your tight end start of the week. Tight end start of the week is Pat Fryermuth because he'll at least get one touchdown against Chicago the way that he's been the target. (laughs) So if you're a tight end, I think you're going to get a touchdown. You're a start for me. So, and plus, Ben's just dumping it off to him. So, I like Pat, Pat, Pat Friar Muth a lot this week. Good, Damn, good pick for Pat Friar Muth. Yeah, that was my that was my pick as well. That's who I was I was gonna give you. But uh, my backup option, and this is another one that's risky, but he's my backup, so it's all I can give you at this point is George Kittle. Uh, he's, I think he's, uh, coming back this week. Uh, you know, they, they, they pretty much just, he had a sore calf. It wasn't a serious injury or anything. So I think he should be okay. And he should be perfectly good to go. And, uh, you know, Jimmy G is trying to, you know, every week save his job. So, um, you know, I think he's gonna pepper his old friend, especially Debo is also questionable. So definitely if Debo is out, then, then Kittle to the roof, but, uh, but I wouldn't have any worries about starting Kittle off the injury. Good call. Good call. I hope. Nate. Oh, I'm supposed to go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. For me, it's going to be Mike Gusecki against the Texans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it looks like uh, Fuller's still going to be out. So Gusecki has been on a nice tear recently. So I think you can go ahead and fire him up again. Yeah. I mean, at this point, Gusecki is pretty much, I mean, if it, I mean, uh, to this point of this, yeah. of this season, he's basically an elite tight end. I mean, he's Ooh, pretty, but he's a, if, uh, sorry, just, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, I, I agree. He's like basically a, a go and start. So I will give you a deep sleeper. And it's going to be Albert O, Albert Oakwebenom, who had a good game this last week. And I'm saying this, if Noah Fant is injured, fire up Albert O. Well, he's not injured, but he's on the coat. He has COVID. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, if he's not going to play, Okay. 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 Yeah. I'll yeah, go. for sure. I agree. I, 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 that's an awesome deep, deep start. I like that a lot. So, uh, all right. Well, what about wide receiver? I'll bounce it back to you, Nate, and let us give you your wide receiver. Yeah. Let wide receiver. I keep saying that the opposite way. You give us the wide receiver. <laughs> yes. My wide receiver, this is going to be a little bit risky, but his uses is, has increased uh, as of late and he had a good game this last week. So I'll go with Elijah Moore against the Titans. I think the Jets are going to lose, but I think Moore could get you, you know, maybe 15 points or so. So uh, he's doing a little bit better, and they get him usage in a variety of ways. And Corey Davis uh, is going to be out for this game with a hip injury. So, um, you yeah. I think, you said against the Titans, but you mean the Colts. Uh, yeah, yeah, against the Colts. Yeah, Thursday night game. Um, yeah, so I think this is a start that would be good uh, bang for your buck. Yeah, I definitely think that uh, Elijah Moore is startable this week. And, uh, you know, you're listening to this after the game, but if you got him in your lineups, good good call. 
Um, all right. Uh, for me, last week. Oh, who did you have last week, Nate? Ooh, let's jump. <gasps> last week is uh, T. Higgins versus the Jets. So he had himself a solid game. Mike is having himself a heart attack. Yeah. Damn. Um, Oh, are you, are, is it about the game? Pretty, yeah, I picked up Nine Hines to play against Nathan right before the game started. Oh, nice. And he just got busted a 20-yard touchdown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. <laughs> um, okay, yep. So, um, for me, last week, I brought to you Adam Thielen uh, versus Dallas. So, despite Kirk Cousins not having a good game, Adam Thielen did have a great game. So, that was a good call. Uh, but this week, my wide receiver is Christian Kirk at San Francisco. So this is uh, coming off the news that AJ Green uh, is on the COVID uh, list and is going to miss this game as well. So I pretty much think that opens up Christian Kirk for the clear number, number two target, number two target role. And he, uh, you know, was getting five to seven targets a game this game. So I think, uh, you know, it's a little bit iffy on when you can start him, but I think this week is as clear as ever. And he's always liable to break off a 60 yard touchdown. So, uh, watch out for that against a very, very uh, underperforming San Francisco secondary. Good call. Good call. Like it. All right. Mike, well, have you given your water receiver? No, I have not. Um, also, I did not get my tight end last week, which was Tommy Trimble. That gave you 4.8 points. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the wide receiver I picked last week was Chase Claypool. Um, who had like 10 points or something like that. Um, or I think it was 11 and a half. Um, so sorry about that with Claypool, but this week I'm coming to you with Mr. Jarvis Landry because of all this Odell business that's been happening this week. And Case Keenum should have hit him for a touchdown this past week. So I think Baker will hit him for a score, possibly two, and he'll get some catches and he'll have a really good week. I think that's a good call for sure. Uh, he was back at practice today, so currently he has the questionable designation, but I expect him to he'll be play. There, so Mike <laughs> always pick it. No, he does. But he'll to be fair, lately he's been good. He had a couple of couple of uh, you know missteps earlier in the season, but he's he's been been at least his players have been playing recently, so that's good. Um, all right, well, running back, um, I can start us out here. Uh, last week. Uh, I gave you Damian Harris at Los Angeles and he tore it up. Uh, did had a really, really nice game. Felt good about that this week. I'm going to give you a guy that I gave a little bit earlier in the season, but this week I feel especially good about it. And that's Zach Moss at Jacksonville. I think he's going to tear it up and I think they're going to be running out the clock the last half of the game. So I think him and Devin Singletary, honestly, will have starting value, but I'm, Pretty sure Zach Moss is going to at least get one in for, for a touchdown at some point against Jacksonville. Nice. Yeah, so uh, – and who was your – oh, yeah, you gave your running back last week. Um, running back last week for me was Kenny Gainwell, and that is the biggest L I've taken on our start uh, segment so far. So uh, not making that mistake again. I am picking a little bit of a risky pick in Miles Gaskins versus the Texans, but it's against the Texans, and the trend has yet to be broken. Eight games this year, and every other game is a double-digit game. It transitions between single-digit, double-digit, single-digit, double-digit. 
every single time. It hasn't been broken yet. Last week, he had a 9.7-point game. So this week, he's due for a 10-plus pointer. Uh, he'll likely get 15-plus points, I would bet. So go ahead and fire up the gas, man. Yeah, and he does always have the upside. He has had two really, really good games as well. So, it, you know, he, he can't always get up get up there in the 20 points if, if the game script goes right. But he is just one of the most game script dependent backs in the in the game, unfortunately. But, uh, but yeah, I think this is a good, good, at least appears to be a good game script for him. So I agree. Well, guys, we appreciate that, 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 that Michael would like to give oh, his. Sorry, Michael. I have, I have a running bat to give. Um, okay, last year. Don't feel bad about Gainwell, Nathan. I gave everyone David Johnson last week, which was abysmal as well. Who that didn't go well, but um, this week I'm hoping to have a little change of fortunes. But um, I think it's going to be Joe Mixon is going to have the RB one day for running backs this upcoming week against Who Cleveland. They playing? They're playing oh, Cleveland. Cleveland. Going to get it right before the bye. He's going to get three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, they, pencil yeah, it in right now. Yeah, yet again, uh, Josiah's Johnson, sitting there going, I don't buy it. Start, <laughs> look, I want to say, you you said that the worst L you took was Kenny Gainwell, but I just want to point out, Micah, you claimed that David Johnson was going to have a 25 point. I was, I was off by a week. It's going <laughs> to happen this week with Tyrod back. All right. It, this oh week, he will goodness. have his. That was a really bad kill. But, okay, yeah, that was... three touchdowns for Mixon is a little bit more believable. I will counter your RB1 call with I think Nick Chubb is going to be the RB1 on the week oh. uh, in the same game. So Nick Chubb ain't uh, no Michael we'll Carter. I would honestly <laughs> go trade Nick Chubb for Michael Carter in all your leagues, everybody. Fucking Just kidding. Dare me. Uh, all right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. We know we went a little bit longer than usual on this one. We had some spicy topics to talk about. Uh, so we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, follow, hug us. If you see us in real life, we need hugs. No, I hate and, hugs. Uh, I mean, like virtually, but no, I mean, don't ever can, hug me you if know, you see me. Virtual, you can. Micah prefers an email. <laughs> okay. Email, uh, email Micah. You can hug yes. me, Nate, where you're at on the hugs. Uh, I'm in between. Undecided. Next episode, we'll reveal my stance uh, on hugs. All right. Got to give him exciting. something to look forward to. And no one can no, turn Nathan, that down. no, Nathan, he has to do all the research and crunch the numbers. and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to see what the COVID situation is right now. Yeah, well, you probably don't need to be hugging him, but... Uh, well, anyways, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, for Nathan and Micah, this is Josiah, Fantasy Dogs out.